0: Hey, guten morgen, uh or just good morning. This is uh Kevin and uh welcome to your weekly Sunday dose of Jesus's dope or Jesus is relevant. Uh he he had a lot of things to say and we're still talking about him thousands of years later and he is not just re- relevant in like a religious sense, but but for you and I right now today. And so as we've been walking through these beatitudes, um Looking at um, these these pithy little phrases Jesus said that really upended or flipped things around, and today's one of those that um, it like sounds good and it makes sense, but then but then we're not always sure what to actually do with it. So hopefully you and I can get towards some action on this. But Matthew five verse eight, this next beatitude, Jesus says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see." God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now that sounds like a pretty religious thing to say, but how do you know if you're pure in heart? Um, and and this is something that Jesus would speak about a ton. And, and the scriptures that Jesus taught from speak about a ton. Uh, all throughout the Old Testament, like ancient Jewish stories of heroes, um, of mistakes, the purity of the person's heart is the, the matter at hand and much of the jewish wisdom in things like proverbs um and and even in the psalms speak to this purity of heart thing and it, it's something that that jesus emphasized over and over and over again he cares about your heart so he cares about you as a whole right but and, and sometimes in a religious way we think jesus cares about our thoughts our words or our actions um, and, and he does care about those, but all of those are an extension of our heart. So um, almost seeing our heart as like our soul, like the internal, true part of you, your heart, that deep soul. We're, what what comes out of our mouth, Scripture teaches us, is just a, a reflection of our heart. Um, the, the thoughts that we have, the things that we do in life, they all... Stem from the heart. So if we learn to pay attention internally, this is beautiful, uh, we can see God according to this. But much of Jesus's tension and controversy with the religious people of his time, in particular the Pharisees, was that they loved to focus on the outward actions of a person, how they looked, what they did, if they were acting uh, in all the right ways, if they're doing all the right religious ritual kinds of things, if they're saying the right things. And Jesus constantly his concern was with the heart that's behind it because we all know we can say the right thing and not mean it we can do the right thing and not mean it and more important to jesus is the attitudes that lead to our actions not just the actions themselves and just like the religious people then you and i uh can can have the same struggle where we at least start to think like, well, at least I'm not like that person. Or because I go to church so often, I must be a pretty good person. Or because I even try to read the scriptures, or I even pray, or I even give money, whatever. Um, We can focus on the actions and not the purity from which they come from. Like the heart issue of, God, because I love you and I trust you, I'll act this way. Because I love and trust you, I want to speak this way. Because I love and trust you, I want to think this way. And so Jesus is, is trying to get us to stop focusing on religious rituals and outward things, but on a truer, more pure religion, which is a matter of our heart. Now, I'll give you a couple examples of this from Old Testament stuff. Like in Psalms 51 10, it says, create in me a pure heart. So this is a really great prayer that you can think about this week and maybe just keep praying. All right, God, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Like, don't just help me create a pure heart that is trying to operate out of pure motives but but the steadfastness the like consistency the discipline the habit God help stir my spirit renew it so I can faithfully follow you each day this week um, I don't want to be someone who just thinks about you today God or does one decent good action out of a pure place today I want to be someone who's consistently steadfast so it's kind of a cool prayer Uh, Later in the Psalms, in Psalm 73, it says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. And this is important whenever you uh, are reading the scriptures, in particular the Old Testament stuff, when it references Israel, it is most often uh, speaking to this sense of like God's people, his covenant relationship with people. In the ancient Jewish world, that was the, the ancient Jewish culture, but that's not uh, the nation state of Israel. That's not modern day Israel. That was, this is like God's good to his people, to those who have a pure heart. To, so if you have a pure heart and, and you're trying to constantly stay pure and in, in wanting to do things and love God and love people from a pure motive, not a motive of what I can get, which is our constant tendency, then it's saying God's good to us. Uh, when we have a pure heart, we are God's people. And so, when Jesus says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God," there's this promise that we'll be closer to God when we focus on this. And man, I just I think this is um, so so simple, but so important for us to work on this internal world of ours, and and not be focused on like if people think I'm really uh, good, that's great, but. W- but I know my internal thoughts and attitudes and selfishness. And um, you know, the problem is not that I I um am, am selfish and a sinner. That's what Jesus came for. The problem is is when I'm unwilling to recognize that or be honest or or operate from a place of like in the recovery community, call it rigorous honesty. That I'm learning to to not only honestly recognize where I'm envious or jealous or impatient or selfish or self-protecting or self-promoting or whatever, like just not pure. Like that's not what I want to be. And I don't, that's not what God wants me to be. And that's not who Jesus was. And so the more I see Jesus and try to like reflect that in my life, it's just about being honest where I'm not pure. And it's the goal is not that somehow you will get perfect. That's where Jesus comes in. He removes this terrible burden of trying to be perfect in our life we can't we suck at being perfect we can't be perfect um but he is and that's why he's called the perfecter of our faith and so by by trusting in him we can can trust that our our sins are forgiven um and that before god in like an ultimate eternal sense we can be deemed pure but what jesus is speaking to here is that every day i just need to every moment of every day i just need to operate from a place of rigorous honesty, uh, recognizing when my motives aren't pure or when my attitudes need to be adjusted and being willing to admit that. And what I love about this is Jesus, again, he's promising, like in all of these beatitudes, that there's a blessing in working on having a pure heart. And then the promise is that not not just that we'll be blessed, but that we'll see God. (laughs) That is... That is awesome. Like to see God, like to see God is the basic purpose of all religions or promise of all religions that you'll see God. And I, and I love this because here's Jesus speaking, not about a bunch of religious things that we need to do, but just about this internal working on who we are. And this is so important in, in kind of the, the theology or the predominant idea of, of what Jesus teaches us is to be human um is to be more like him. Many times being human is an excuse for like wow I'm just a human, you know, so I can we can just use our humanness as an excuse. But Jesus tries to flip that around and be like no 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 no. Be human like me and find in me hope and a, a purity a thing that not just like saves you but makes you more like me. So it's not just about heaven someday but about who you're being today in your actions and your love and in, in like a reflection of him. And that that in us doing that we will see him. We'll uh, like know him. Um, like, will we'll actually help other people see him in the way they see us. Like in the way we act and live, people will see the goodness of God in who we are being. And so there's this blessing if we're pure in heart and a promise that we will see God. And so there's a, a ton of ways this idea shows up all throughout scriptures. And one of the things that's important about this is that <laughs> scripture teaches us, this is, you can't miss this that evil is not out there somewhere evil always starts right here in our own hearts that if you want to fix the world you look inward if you want to deal with the brokenness you look inward our human tendency is to blame and to externally look at you know others and the problems there and the problems of the world and it's out here it's even the devil and the scriptures and Jesus bring us back to no no it all starts inside you and the more you and i work at cultivating a pure heart, the more we will become like him and will see him. In, in Psalms 24, there's like this sort of um, prayer and proclamation of this. And in verse three, it says, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy place? So, um, you know, obviously that sounds very religious and like the temple of the ancient world, but it's more of like who, who gets to see God? Well, verse four says, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. So you and I, we could work on having clean hands. Like we we're just not dirty in the things that we do. We're not trying to hide from people. We're not trying to still steal things or cut corners. And um, you know, we're not our hands aren't dirty with the blood of people murdering and and that kind of stuff. But but a pure heart, like we don't put our trust in other things, we put it in God. We don't swear by other things. We just let our yes be yes and our no be no, and we have a clean hand and pure hearts. And and this isn't about physically seeing God. I think this is important because I would like to physically see God. And and yes, there's a sense in which blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God someday in that kind of way like we'll get to go to heaven and have eternity and that's awesome, but but the 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 promise of salvation and the hope of Jesus is about right now today. Not not just someday, right now. Today, we can experience heaven. We can make heaven more like visible, tangible for the world around us as we work on the purity of our own heart and then allow that to be the source of our words and our faith and our hope and our actions and our thoughts. And so I think the way to think of this, that we'll see God as we work on this purity thing, is that we'll, we'll learn to see God's way or, or his will more. We'll understand him more. It will apprehend God. Blessed are the pure in heart who do this rigorous daily practice of, of honestly assessing our sin and our, our evil motives and not pretending, um, but, just, but learning to, to see them, learning to confess them, learning not to hide our flaws, but be real about them. Blessed are the pure in heart for we will apprehend God. We will more understand him. We will feel closer to him. Um, I, I love this, uh, a few verses or chapters rather later in Matthew, where Jesus taught this sermon on the Mount in Matthew 11, verse 25, Jesus said this, um, uh, or he said this like in a prayer. He said, I pray, I praise you father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things, these, these truths about who he is from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. There's this sense in which, and Jesus would constantly use little children as an example of the kind of faith we should have, the kind of faith that because he said it, we trust it, um, where it's, you know, not always like, well, faith isn't logical, it's faith. Faith isn't tangible and concrete, provable, it's faith, and all the times that I wish God could just be physically present so I could know him and trust him is asking not to have faith. Like I want that, but that wouldn't be faith. <laughs> and and God saying, no no, I I reveal these things, these these apprehend like if you want to apprehend me and understand my will, it's not about being this really wise, smart, learned person. And and that's not that that's bad. It's just part of what Jesus was acknowledging in that that God doesn't come and care about our status. Doesn't care about our education or or the the pedigree of our lives. He comes to those who are pure in heart and that anybody, regardless of your background, regardless of all the outward things that we judge and separate each other by as humans, God just looks at our heart. We judge the outsides of people. God judges our insides, our heart. And so we can learn through, through this practice of a purity of heart, being honest and confessing, to apprehend God's purposes, to apprehend his redemptive plan and our different circumstances that we go through in life. And we can apprehend and come to know and trust more his character in times of confusion or suffering in our life. And that someday, yes, we'll get to see him. Someday physically, we'll get to actually see God when when evil will be judged and eternity begin and our faith will be rewarded, uh, which is an interesting concept from scripture that like there's something about our inward purity of heart work this side of eternity that is rewarded the things that we do as an expression of our love and our commitment to Jesus will be rewarded in heaven and we don't totally know what it means we get a few things where it's like there'll be jewels and crowns and some stuff but I you know I, I don't i don't know but i just know that there's this this reward for working hard on this side of heaven to become more and more like Jesus every day and i'll read a couple other verses around these kind of topics. I love it. Um in Proverbs seventeen, um, this is Jewish wisdom. Seventeen verse three, it says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold. Right? So you put something in like a refining fire, or not something. You put silver or gold in refining fires um, in crucibles and furnaces, and it purifies them because the impurities, as the silver and the gold melt, rise to the surface and you can scrape them off and it becomes more pure. And so in the same way, the verse says, fire tests purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. So if you want to know what God is most after, it's your heart. And it's not your heart in a check the box, I gave my heart to Jesus. It's in the daily renewal of my heart is submitted to you, God. I want to apprehend you and see you and know you. I want to not just know you. I want to obey you. I want to be in full submission to you, and God, I want to admit and confess where where my my motives and my heart are not pure, and ask that you would help me constantly do that work internally, because the answers to all that is wrong with this world begins inside me. If I learn to see my true self, forgiven and loved and secure in you, then I can live and operate from a place of security of love of knowing who I am in you. I mean, the more mature a Christian you become, the harder you should be to offend. Because there's nothing that will happen in this world that can shake what you know about God who's in control. There's nothing someone can say about you that you know either aligns or does not with the truth of who God is and says you are. I love that verse. Uh, there's a, another verse even in the New Testament from John, one of the disciples in 1 John three three, He said, all who have this hope in him, in Jesus, purify themselves just as he is pure. So there's something about us putting our hope in Jesus, who's pure, that purifies us. And so um, if we can just keep every day putting our hope in him, keep putting our hope in him and not letting our hope get caught up in the drama in the controversies, in the fake news and disinformation, and all the wondering. In fact, there's this great moment. Um, I was going to read this, just this one verse to you, uh, in in how the apostle Paul was mentoring and teaching young Timothy about this. In in First Timothy one five, I'll read just this verse first, and then I'll give you the context around it because it's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it connects. Um, in verse five, is Paul says to Timothy, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith, right? Back to the internal motives behind what we do. And, and that just sounds like a great verse, a great command. Um, But he says that the command, uh, the goal of this command is love. And so what was the command? Well, it backs up and it's something that was specific to what Timothy was dealing with in Ephesus, but it still applies to us. And so I want to read uh, part of verse four through verse seven around this verse five to give you a little context, and you'll see, I think, lots of ways it applies to the world we live in today. But in verse, uh, this is the second half of verse four. Um, Paul said, command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer, or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. And that just sounds like probably good church practice, right? Let's not, um, let's not be committed to false doctrines. And let's make sure we address people who um, we think are Propagating ideas that are like Jesus plus these other things save you when it's just Jesus. Um, So, you know, command certain people not to teach these doctrines and other stuff. But he said, such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. And I just, I love the context around this because, again, we all have lots of opinions and we love to share our opinions. And we live in a world that is like a a really powerful and simple way to understand the world. It's just a competition of ideas, which ideas are better than other ideas. More importantly for you and I, which idea will be uh, paramount? And Jesus comes along and 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 proclaims to the, those who want to have faith and follow him that he is the paramount idea. Found in him is truth and the way. But Paul is just reminding us here that so often when we get off track from from any commandment, anything that we're trying to do that isn't coming back to love, we are off base. When we are trying to be religious and right. And in that religious rightness, we condemn others or we celebrate bombings and evil and war. We are off track because the goal of the command is love, which comes from a pure heart and good conscience and sincere faith. So many people have departed from a truer idea and have turned to meaningless talk. So many people... In the church world, so many people who claim faith and hope in Jesus, that security, spend so much time in meaningless talk about conspiracies and controversies and things that do not advance God's work. So, um, I'm not saying that to you, and I need to say it to my own self, as a way to like think we're better than other Christians who maybe get caught up in some of that, but rather that we would all pay attention that if we want a pure heart, we don't waste our time in drama, in what we don't know, in what we'll never know, or or what doesn't advance the work of God, which is love, which is making people know that they're made in the image of God and proclaiming the truth of Jesus as the predominant idea that if they orient their life around, it will change them radically internally first and then externally in how they show up in this world. And so... If you want a pure heart, don't waste your time in drama. If you want a pure heart, don't, don't waste your time in judgment and being critical of others. Catch those moments when you're judging others and critical to go, oh, I got to come back. Pure heart. Pure heart. I'm not better than anybody. I'm not better than anybody, God. And to learn to think about what is, is true. Learn to think about what's noble, what's pure, what's right, what's lovely, what's admirable. These are the things. That, that Paul would challenge us and Jesus would affirm that we spend our time thinking about what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, excellent. That we'd spend our time thinking about those things and not things that we don't know or we can't control. And that we would always learn to question our own motives, and our own internal dialogue. Because what we say is just a reflection of what's in our heart. What we think is a reflection of what's in our heart. What we do in our actions in this life are a reflection. They come out of our heart. What we prioritize, how we spend money, how we handle conflict, how we manage our anger, all of that is a reflection of the heart. And so the heart is where we go to work. And we spend our time trying to align ourselves more with God. And so I don't know exactly what this looks like for you, but I want to suggest that you have a way, whether it's in a journal, uh, morning practice, an evening practice, where you spend some time and just get conscious, write it down, like where were your motives pure today and where were they not? Where were your thoughts? Where were your words? Where were your actions pure and where were they not? Where did sinful, unpure things like impatience and envy or jealousy or anger or mistrust, where did those things show up? And it's not about pretending like you don't have them. You're human. You're gonna. We all do. Where did they come up and what can we learn from them? And then I want to encourage you to do something that's one step further, because following Jesus is, is calling us to work internally on ourselves, but it's also always drawing us out towards other people. And so you can't fully follow Jesus alone. You can't fully be a Christian and, and alone in the woods and never talk to people, um, because we're meant and built to connect with people. And, and part of how we love God is how we love people. And he made that very clear. Every person is his child. And so, um, like, our job is not just to, to figure our own self out, but how we relate with others helps us grow and fall more in love with God and know him better. So all that to say the the, the practice that takes it a step further and is really important that you find someone in your life who once a day uh, or, or once a week, or, or something like you check in and say out loud the, the nature of your heart. What, what are the things you've been conscious of that aren't sincere and aren't pure and you're working on them? Or you need to say them out loud to God in prayer, but you need to say them out loud to another person. Because there's this promise in the scriptures that if we confess, if we say it out loud to other people, God is faithful to forgive us and heal us and make us more righteous. But that takes vulnerability and it's kind of scary. Um, but it's a great way to practice your dependency upon God, practice putting what he promises into the habits of your life and just see what he does with it. So, uh, hope you have a great rest of your Sunday and a week ahead. Uh, remember subscribe over at Substack, follow on Instagram and whatever Twitter, I think it is the other one that we have. And, um, yeah, hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you. Or not really see you, but I'll talk to you um, later. All right, bye.